It's All Things Considered on WNYC. I'm Sean Carlson. If you have questions for It's Thursday, so that means it is time for On the Way, our weekly segment breaking down the week's transit news. Joining us, as always, WNYC's transportation reporter Stephen Nesson and editor Clayton Guzek. Stephen, you started this week in a 55-foot hole across from Grand Central Terminal with a priest and a half dozen sand hogs. It sounds like a joke, but it's not. You actually did this. Uh, Those are your friendly neighborhood tunnel diggers, the sand hogs. Can you tell us more about it? So for the past year, crews have dug a hole straight down 55 feet on Lexington Avenue and 42nd Street, right across from Grand Central Terminal. Uh, They're about halfway through this project. So on Monday, it marked the moment when they're going to start digging towards Grand Central Terminal now. This is a $115 million project, essentially to create a new walkway above the seven train platform. So the Sandhogs, as you mentioned, they're the ones that dig the tunnels underground. They did 2nd Avenue, East Side Access, and a big project, pretty much any project they do at this point, they have a priest come and bless the site. There's holy water, they say an Our Father. Um, and after the blessing, we all went down and started digging this hole. Uh, there was a very old school drill that essentially I was told hasn't really changed in a hundred years. Um, and it, it just breaks through that Manhattan bedrock, which is notoriously hard to break. Um, and I was told uh, they're going to keep drilling all the way to 42nd Street using uh, the drills as well as dynamite, low grade dynamite, I'm told. Uh, nobody should feel the rumble above ground. Um, and ultimately, this project is to alleviate crowding on the platform at the 7 train at Grand Central. Uh, if you've ever tried to leave during the morning or the evening rush, it's a total mess. They have MTA employees acting like air traffic control, directing people. There's even a rope line up the existing very narrow walkway so it doesn't become a total chaotic mess. Um, this project is expected to be done by the end of the year. And wh- another thing they're doing there to alleviate this overcrowding is adding a new escalator. Uh, and that should be done by April, I'm told. Now, another thing uh, we've been hearing a lot about, the MTA's newest subway car. Very cool. I've been seeing photos of this thing all over social media. It's the new kind you can walk all the way through. The trains are known as Open Gangway. There's a grand total of one of these bad boys out there running on the sea line. So getting a ride does feel a little bit like catching a firefly. This was the first full week the public got a chance to experience it. Clayton and Steven, you both rode on the new model this week. What were your impressions? Yeah, I caught one the other day, and we've reported some hiccups in the initial rollout of this thing, but it it's really cool. It's kind of a fascinating thing, kind of a stop you in your tracks, holy smokes. And because um, there's only one of these running on the line, it kind of feels like winning the lottery. Yeah. Um, and and it's you have a... It's a fun through the looking glass moment because the rest of the subway is dirty and shabby. Mostly their cars are very old. And you step onto this brand new shiny thing and you feel kind of like you're being taken care of for the first time <laughs> by the mass transit service. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty kind of a, a wild experience. For me, you know, I've covered this so much to actually ride on one was like and it just showed up in my stop randomly. I was like, wow, like Clayton said, it's like winning the lottery. Um, for me, it really popped out is what really popped out is the shiny blue seats. It's like a different color blue than we've seen. They're really shiny because they're so new. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the open gangway is really fascinating because you can look down the whole train corridor. And as you go around the curves, it sort of snakes back and forth. I thought of it as like a mesmerizing snake to watch. That's cool. Kind of hypnotic. And another interesting detail is uh, the sign on the ceiling they usually just shows what train you're on actually will have an arrow pointing to which door is opening next at your station. Kind of helpful. 
it's left or right. And and one thing one thing that we did notice, you know, these aren't full open gangway. Like you can't walk from the very back car to the very front car. And it's kind of an interesting reason why there's a conductor cab in the middle. The MTA has a policy. You know, they need two people to run every train. They need a driver, an operator at the front, and a conductor in the middle manning the doors. So that area you can't go through. But but as the MTA points out, even that five-car segment, that front-car segment, all interconnected is 300 feet. It's the length of a football field. But don't take it from us. Here's what riders had to say about it. Part of just walking down just to have the experience of walking through the car. So it's amazing. Do you wish the MTA had more of them? There's only one that they have. Yeah, more, please. For sure. Oh, it's nice. It, I did see it felt new and renovated it's good pretty first time on it and i'm i'm really impressed i'm concerned about showtime endless showtime throughout the whole train i love it <laughs> this is my first time riding it i often make drawings in the train so the end of the car has always figured into my drawings and i was like oh whoa something completely different it just feels so much less claustrophobic so i'm a big fan oh i hope they do more of these i like it that's David Umansky, Allison Rand, Lester Crockett, Isabel Velez, and the artist Naomi Nemtso. They kind of get to a couple things because they just have one of these. They have a second one that they're going to roll out. We don't know when yet, but they really want to test out how these cars work in New York. There are in other cities around the world, but New York obviously has its own set of challenges. You heard one of the riders kind of talk about, okay, Showtime is normally in one car. Yeah, how's now, that going to work? Now, I mean, now you got 300 feet of space. Um, how do other musicians, how do, how do panhandlers adapt? There are also, the MTA said there are some concerns because there's one shared space of air that fire could spread quicker on them. Um, there's questions of how do they isolate a car? If there's an odor or someone is, you know, you're sharing the same air with something else, a foul smell, you can't just switch cars. So all these are really interesting questions that the MTA is going to have to answer, find out mm-hmm. um, as they kind of test these and roll out in service. But it, but it really kind of begs the question. It's like, can New York have nice things? <laughs> as a journalist, I'm going to withhold any opinion on, on that one. Uh, we're going to shift gears here. As always, it would not be on the way if we didn't dedicate a few minutes to congestion pricing. What's the latest on that front? The MTA was in New Jersey federal court this week. There are several lawsuits now in New York and New Jersey over the plan to charge drivers a fee to enter Manhattan below 60th Street. Mm. That's the $15 toll. This week, as far as cases go, a judge in New Jersey set oral arguments for April 3rd. There is some urgency because MTA lawyers say they're hoping to begin charging drivers by mid-June. Previously, the agency had sort of hedged with reporters saying maybe in the spring. So it looks like June now. In other congestion pricing news, a couple of state lawmakers, State Senator Michael Gennaris and Assemblymember Zoran Mamdani, are calling on the state to send the MTA an additional $90 million this year. So when congestion pricing goes into effect, they can boost subway and bus service. Um, Remember last year, the state gave the MTA a one-time hit of $350 million. That was to plug in operating shortfall, as well as $35 million to increase subway service. And we are seeing some of that going into effect now with more G trains, J, M, C, and R trains as well. More coming up this summer. There was also $15 million last year for a free bus pilot for one route in each borough that recently ended. So compared to what the state gave the MTA last year, a $90 million bonus is actually a pretty small ask. Uh, Every week on the segment, we answer a curious commuter question. The one this week is from Meg in Brooklyn. I've never thought of this. She wants to know why the MTA calls riders customers, as in please let the customers off the train first. What's the deal with that? We learned this week the use of the term dates back to the 
1990s. Okay. It can actually be traced to the Long Island Railroad president, Charles W. Hope. He served between 1990 and 1994, and he was the first one to use the term at the agency, according to the MTA and an obituary. Uh, the obituary notes uh, he changed the terminology, quote, to emphasize the railroad's responsibilities and duties to those it serves. Mm. I spoke with the MTA's chief customer officer, Shanifa Riera, who agreed that the continued use of the term is appropriate. She notes the MTA does customer service like online. It will field customer complaints 24 hours a day. So in that regard, I suppose it does treat riders like customers. <laughs> WNYC's Stephen Nesson and Clayton Guza, thanks to you both. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. 